0: Amen. Amen. If you guys are glad to be here today, say, I'm glad to be here. Why don't you just turn to the person next to you and just bless them real quick. Say something nice, encouraging. Hi, my name is, isn't encouraging. Say, say something encouraging. Thank you. I'm encouraged seeing you guys encouraged. Let's bow our heads. I'm going to say a word of prayer for us. (laughs) Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that your people are mighty in the land. That, Father, that the generation of the upright will be blessed, God. And I thank you, Lord, that each one of us in this place, we are blessed. Father, I thank you, Lord, that as we gather here, Lord, that your presence is here with us, God. And I pray, Father, that as the word goes out, God, that it would be mighty, Lord, to set free, Lord. I pray that it would be mighty to open up eyes, God, to give revelation, Lord. And, Father, to empower your people, God, to walk lives of freedom, to walk lives of strength, to walk lives of trust and faith, God. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So today... Today is a bit of a different message. (laughs) You know, the past. One thing I want you to understand today is I want you to know that the enemy is out to take over. The enemy is out to take over. The enemy is out to try and do a coup in your life. He wants to take over your mind, your will, your emotions. He wants to take over your relationships, your finances, your walk. The enemy is out to do a coup. Do you know that? He's out to take over as much as he can. You know, most of the time when I get up here, I'm not talking about the enemy. I'm talking about our mindsets and things that we, but God's just been, he's been speaking to me and he's been highlighting to me that Marcus, we have to be aware. It says in second Corinthians chapter two, verse 11, it says that so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, that we would not be ignorant of his designs. That word designs, it actually comes from the same word to mean schemes, schemes. Other translations say that we are not ignorant of the enemy's schemes. And in the Greek, that word schemes, it actually comes from the word that means minds or thoughts. Talking about the enemy's thoughts, the enemy's minds. And then the word ignorant actually means not to be absent of thought. So what Paul's talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 2.11, he's saying it is really important for you not to be absent of thought about the enemy's thoughts it's not to be absent of thought about what the enemy's plans and what the enemy's schemes are directed towards you and now i like i said i'm not one to always i don't want to give satan any more you know whatever because he's not doing anything so i don't like to talk about him too much but i think it's really important for us in the body of christ to understand the schemes and the designs of the enemy because if you don't understand the schemes and the designs of the enemy, you won't really know how to fight them. You ever been in a fight before? How many of you guys been in a fight? Snap, we got a combative group of people <laughs> at Itaewon. Everyone raised their hand. I'm not going to ask how many fights you've been into. Say like more than one, and then everyone's hands stay up. Like, Come on, Itaewon. You know, if you've ever been in a fight before, and you fight someone the first time, if you don't know how they fight, it's not only hard for you to defend yourself, it's also hard to attack. If you ever I used to you're not going to believe this, but I used to wrestle. I know from my muscular build, it is really hard to tell. Somebody said all oh. That was not encouraging. Anytime we would wrestle, I I would watch if I if it was at a wrestling tournament, I would go and I would watch the competition, especially if I was going up against them in the next round, because I needed to know their thoughts. I needed to know their schemes. I needed to know how they wrestled so that when I wrestled them, I would not only know how to defend myself, I would know how to, to attack. But many of us in the body of Christ, we are ignorant of the enemy's designs. We're ignorant of the enemy's schemes. And so not only do we not know how to defend ourselves, we don't know how to attack. And, you know, the best defense is a good offense. A lot of the sports guys are like, yes, best offense is a good defense. It works both ways. The best defense is a good offense. And we don't know the enemy's ways. We don't know how he operates. And so when he comes and when he attacks us, we, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, I don't know how to approach. And he's almost able to do whatever he wants to do. So that's why I'm telling you first thing that the enemy is out to do a coup. He's out to take over. He's out to take over everything in your life that he can possibly get his hands on. And the way his design, the way in which he wants to do this. And I want you to remember this. I want this to stick with you as you leave this place today. Is that the enemy uses terrorism. I almost was going to name this message Osama bin Satan. But I was like, (laughs) it's not too late. Maybe it did. See, the enemy uses terrorism. Satan uses terrorism because terrorism is a coordinated attack that is directed towards you. That is meant to incite fear and distrust. We all know about terrorist attacks, right? Osama bin Laden, he flies two, he flies two planes into the, into the buildings on nine 11 and he flies one into the Pentagon. And it's this coordinated attack that happens in America. And, but that attack was not successful because 3,000 people died. You know, the real reason that attack was successful was because the next day when I woke up, there was this terror alert thing. Like, today is an orange day. Today is a green day. You can go outside. Tomorrow is a red day. Stay at home and only eat canned goods. And there was this culture all of a sudden after after 9-11, there was this culture of fear that came in. And everyone I remember, my, like my grandmother would just sit there and be watching. Be like, Oh, baby, you don't need to go outside. Don't go outside. It's crazy today. And I'm like, we live in Asheboro, North Carolina. No one can find this on a map, let alone Osama Nina. said, so, baby, it's crazy out there. Don't go out there everyone was living in this huge culture of fear everyone was was afraid of what was going on because they had because we had been attacked and we had been attacked in a substantial manner and now every everyone's i remember watching the news and there were people in michigan and they were buying out the walmart of all the milk and all the bread people in walla walla washington buying out everything as if osama knows where that is And it created this culture of fear and this culture of distrust all of a sudden. Satan works the same way. He attacks us in our finances. He attacks us in our relationships. Something happens in our lives. And then all of a sudden, we're in a place of fear. We're fearing the next attack. We're fearing the next time that Satan's going to do something in our lives. And so now we're, we're walking in fear. Satan attacks your relationships and then the next relationship you're, you're bound by fear. I don't know if I can trust again. He attacks your finances and all of a sudden you're, you're bound by fear. I need to be a little bit more tight fisted. He attacks your family and all of those things. He's doing it to create fear. But see, fear actually isn't his only goal because like I said, Satan's trying to take over. You know, when these. I'm I'm talking about terrorism. Because as this past week. There was like. It was like a coordinated series of attacks. That was coming against the leaders of this house. This past week. Right after white day. Pastor Aaron's going home. And all of a sudden she's experiencing excruciating pain. She was having a great time during white day. She was just like. Oh, is this so awesome. The next day. I go to get, you know, Indian food with Pastor John Michael and Sky, and Pastor Christian comes too, and we're like, "Where's Pastor Aaron?" She's toe up. She's that means tore up. She's in bad shape. She's at home. She's really sick. She's not feeling well at all. But I wanted some Indian food. <laughs> No, no, she blessed him to go. She blessed him to go. I was just messing with y'all. <laughs> so all of a sudden, and then we find out she's got ear infections in both ears. Like what? How does that even happen? Like you listen to music too loud. Like well, how do you get ear infections? And I don't know how you get an ear infection. But I was like, how does this even happen? Then later that that, that next that next night, I go to sleep. Well, that night, I go to sleep. It's like the next three days, I can't sleep. And I got this, like, demonic, demon-possessed desk lamp that's, like, flickering throughout the night. I unplug it, it's still flickering. I'm like, what's wrong with you? I bind you, <laughs> lamp. I couldn't sleep the whole night. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm praying throughout the night. I'm pray- And I'm like, this... This smells like Satan. Then I hear from someone else. Someone else is, is getting sick. I talked to Pastor John Michael and he's like, I, I got up in the morning and all of a sudden my stomach's killing me. I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to be able to come to Friday Fire. He's, he's just messed up. And I'm like, okay, let's see. It's just starting to add up a bit. I didn't do good at math so it took me some time. But I was like, Okay, John, Pastor Aaron, me, John Michael. And then my roommate, Pastor, Pastor David, one of our intern pastors, all of a sudden he gets sick. And I'm like, what is going on? Then all of a sudden I see one of our, our staff members gets their hand run, run over by a bus. <laughs> they slipped and fell outside and, and they fell and a bus was coming by and the bus ran over her hand. But she's got like adamantium. Like she's like the woman, the girl from Heroes. Because she was like completely not even harmed. Bus can't hurt her. Can't touch us. What you want, bus? All these different things are happening. And then all of a sudden I'm praying about it. I'm praying about it. And I felt like God was speaking to me. Marcus, this is terrorism. Like it's terrorism. That's creative, Lord do he's like, Marcus, this is a coordinated series of attacks that is coming against this house. And the reason it's coming against this house is because it's trying to attack the culture of this house. It's trying to make my people make my people fear. It's trying to make my people walk in timidity. But it doesn't just try to do that. Because whenever an attack happens, you know, whenever there was this bombing in the 90s where this guy by the name of Timothy McVeigh, he bombed the Oklahoma City Federal Building. And a lot of people just thought this guy was this guy was just crazy and he was just trying to he just wanted to bomb a building. But they found out later that his motivations were actually so much bigger than that. See, the reason he did that one bombing was because he wanted to incite so much fear in the people that they would begin to distrust the government that was over them. And then there would be a war and then the government would be overtoppled. Hitler actually did the same thing. Hitler and his group of minions, they they all got together and they began to do terrorist attacks in Germany. Coordinated series of attacks, ultimately trying to cause an environment of fear and distrust of the government. And that was how he was able to take over. And many times Satan comes into our lives, it's the same spirit. He comes and he attacks us in coordinated ways. And he's not just trying to create fear, but what he's really trying to do is he's trying to get you to distrust the government that is upon you. Because, see, the day that you became a Christian, there was a new government that was put in place. Isaiah chapter 9 says that of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That as soon as you declare Jesus Christ as Lord, there is an increase that you step into. But every time that Satan comes at you with attack, what he's really trying to get you to do is say there isn't an increase. There's a decrease. In fact, there's a decrease of God's government, God's rule and his ability to protect and prosper you it's a terrorist attack a lot of times when those attacks come we think that they're disorganized we think oh just oh, this happened it's a coincidence i don't understand no it's coordinated because really what he's out to do is to get you to distrust the government that rests upon jesus's shoulders the government that's been placed upon you, the protection that's been placed upon you, that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil because he's with you and his rod and staff comforts you. So it's a little attack here, a little attack there. It's that coordinated series of attacks. But in order for that coup to happen, you don't just need that that one. You don't just need that attack. You know, Jesus... The Pharisees, they did a lot of terrorist attacks against Jesus. Every time Jesus walked into the room, they were trying to throw terrorist attacks, trying to get at him, trying to get at him, trying to get at him. And Satan will come at you with all kinds of attacks. But those attacks from the most part are coming from the outside. It says in Psalm 91 that when the attacks come at you, they cannot touch you. They cannot harm you. They cannot do damage. So how does how does he progress in it? How does he how does he go further in it? He needs an insider. See, the first thing is that Satan uses a coordinated series of attacks. What I'm doing today, I want you to pay attention because what's happening right now is I'm trying to expose the works of darkness in your life so that you'll be better equipped to come against them. You should pay attention. The first is a coordinated series of attacks that the enemy brings against you to try and incite fear and tries to get you to distrust God's governance over your life. But those attacks are always fruitless without an insider. And that insider is your flesh. You know, I was talking about Osama, right? I was talking about Osama bin bin Laden. You know... 9-11 wasn't his first terrorist attack. Actually, his first terrorist attacks were in the, in the 90s. He bombed the USS Cole. He bombed a couple embassies in Africa. And they were all outside. And actually, uh, political analysts said during that time that they didn't consider Osama to be that big of a threat. Why? Because he's on the outside. He can attack our ships. He can attack a couple embassies. But ultimately, he can't get in. He can't penetrate our borders. Therefore, he cannot do substantial damage. The Pharisees, they attacked Jesus all the time. But they couldn't penetrate. They couldn't penetrate his inner circle. They couldn't get within his group until Satan was able to get an insider, Judas. Many times, Satan will come at us with attacks. We get attacked when we're walking down the street. We get attacked in many different ways. But it doesn't come to fruition without the help of the flesh he brings an attack of lust towards you you know what just because you're getting getting attacked in lust doesn't mean that you're struggling with lust just because you get attacked in your finances doesn't mean that you're struggling in your finances just because you get attacked in your relationships doesn't mean that that relationship is struggling but many times what happens is satan attacks us in that way and then the insider begins to cooperate with him all of a sudden we begin to grab hold of that attack with our flesh. It says in the word to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. See, really what Satan's after is your soul. He's after your mind. He's after your will. He's after your emotions. He's wanting to be in full control, but he can't be in full control without the cooperation of the flesh. So he brings in that attack and when you're standing in the spirit it cannot touch you He's, he just he could be he could be throwing lust at you you walk down you could walk down a red light district and you're standing in the spirit it doesn't even touch you because you're in the spirit look at unearthed <laughs> you know they go to red light districts and they walk and they pray or walk and none of that touches them why because they're in the spirit See when you're in the spirit. It cannot, those attacks cannot touch you. But usually what happens is the flesh comes alongside. He attacks me in my finances. I got to do something now. He attacked me in my relationship. Well, forget them. I don't need them. He attacks in in different areas. And the first thing that usually happens is our flesh begins to want to grab hold. Our flesh begins to take. And then all of a sudden we're cooperating. With the enemy's attacks. He attacks and all of a sudden we get fearful. That's the flesh too. We begin to distrust. That's the flesh. And it's then once he has those attacks and once he's cooperating, he he's coming together with your flesh that then that's when he's able to take over. That's when the coup actually happens. And that's how you, Satan ends up having dominion in a certain area. That's where we get bondage. All of a sudden, you're in bondage to fear, and you're like, how did this happen? I don't know how this happened. It's because an attack came, and then instead of standing against that attack, you, you allowed your flesh to come into agreement with it. And then before you know it, a bond was made between that attack and your flesh, and now you're in bondage. Not that funny today. So you got to understand that when these attacks come, that when these things happen, that there is a coordinated series of attacks and he's trying to bring about a coup in your life. When he attacks you in your finances, he's trying to get you to go into the flesh so that then he can take over. That's why he says he. That, the passions of the flesh wage war. They're waging war against your soul. But how do we stand against it? How do we come against, how do we come against these things? The first way is if terrorism is a coordinated series of attacks that are trying to induce fear, the first way is that you need to have a coordinated series of attacks that is motivated by faith. See, what I'm talking about is prayer. You know, when, uh, when Osama did the this, this September 11 attacks, all of a sudden, I remember I was like, it was like 2001, and I remember I was in high school. I was in high school. And I remember after that, hearing the different debates that were going on. And some people were saying that we just needed to go after him, that we, meaning I'm American, so I'm, when I say we, I mean America, in a coalition of forces. Um, <laughs> needed to go after him with overwhelming force that we needed to go after him with overwhelming force. And so we decided that we were going to go after him with overwhelming force. And we went and sent in troops everywhere, scattering over Afghanistan. And then we began to send troops into Iraq. And we didn't. Osama was chilling somewhere in Pakistan for like four more years and he couldn't find him. He was sitting there eating nachos. I don't. Oh, maybe he didn't, he didn't like nachos. I don't know why I said nachos. When I feel comfortable up here, I, I'm liable to say, "Okay, anyways." And I remember that it wasn't until, I believe it was last last year. And I remember that. I remember that press conference that, you know, President Obama walked in like he had theme music, you know. (laughs) High five. Good evening, America. The Special Forces have sent in on my watch. And as I watched on the multi-screen TVs in the back of the White House, we found and we killed Osama bin Laden, (laughs) God bless America, you know, I remember that happened, but the thing that stuck out to me the most was really all it took was a coordinated series of attacks. It didn't take overwhelming force. It didn't take bombing the entire country. It took just a special group of soldiers with pinpoint accuracy. That's what it took. You know, many times when Satan comes against us, we think that we need to use overwhelming force. We think that Satan's come against us in a certain way. We need to use overwhelming force. So we're on our knees like, oh, gosh, help me. That's the wrong way to go about it. If that's the way you go about it, what that shows is that you haven't stepped into your authority yet. What that shows yet is you haven't quite learned how to pray. Because the weapons of our warfare are mighty. They are mighty in pulling down strongholds. The the weapons that God has given us are powerful to cut down every work of the enemy, to dismantle every work that is sent against us. And what is needed is not for you to try and use overwhelming force and be lamenting before God 24/7 in order to see that breakthrough. What you got to learn how to do is how to use pinpoint accuracy in your prayers. To target the exact area that Satan is coming against you. Because anytime you begin to think, "Oh, I'm getting attacked in this area. This must mean that everything's a wash. Everything nothing's going well. God, help me." That's the flesh. Because it says of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Therefore, you are increasing in government, in his government and peace. You are increasing in, in his peace. So what you are experiencing in that moment is just a very small blip. In fact, what you're experiencing in that moment is just an obstacle. A distraction. A diversion. That is trying to keep you from the things that God wants you to really focus on. See, really, all it takes is pinpoint accuracy. When Jesus told his disciples to go out, he gave them a very clear mandate. He told them to just go and pray for the sick, to heal them, to bring the kingdom, to cast out demons, to raise the dead. He was very clear. He was very precise in the mandate that he wanted them to do. He said, where I'm sending you to go, I just want you to go with pinpoint accuracy. In the Bible, when you see the apostles and they encounter people who are demon-possessed or opposition that's coming against them, it only takes a second. Homeboy was coming against Paul and he like, said, I was blind. Attack was over. It took a second. I remember I had a, one of my, uh, I was leading a small group and one of my small group members one day came in and they said, I'm not sure if I believe in this Jesus thing anymore. And I'm like, what? We've been meeting for like three weeks now and we, well, what, you, you, what do you mean you don't believe in this Jesus thing? And nah, you know what? I've been a Christian my whole life, but I'm just not really feeling it anymore. I'm like this is, this is, I'm thinking, this is demonic. Like this is Satan. But I didn't say that. Cause that would have looked really weird. This is demonic. This is Satan. He's like, whoa, whoa, bro. I'm just telling my heart. You know what I said? I said, okay. And, and, and the other guy in my small group was like, what? What do you mean okay? He just said he don't believe in Jesus and you're okay with this? And I was like, all right. Check it out. You take a week. Think about it. He's like, take a week? What if something happens to them tomorrow? <laughs> Where is your heart, Pastor Marcus? Just take a week. You'll be fine. Shh. Shh. Ixnay on the speaking. And then after I said that, I was, I was just trying to stand cool, you know. Just, amen. In the small group, just walked home. Just got my praise music on. As soon as I opened up the door and closed, I said, Jesus, I just come against this. And I just started warfaring. But I didn't start warfaring against every single demonic stronghold that I could possibly think of in that particular moment. It was pinpoint. I was praying against the exact thing that I needed to be praying about in that particular moment and nothing else. And you know what? It didn't take long until I heard God say, it's done. Stop praying. It's done. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's done. What what else am I supposed to do? (laughs) We think that we need to continually all night uh, uh, in order to do it. When Satan's already under our feet, all we need to do is stomp again. I hope I didn't break something. I got you, Brian. He said it was done. It was done. I stopped praying about it. I moved on. Next week, come the small group. He's like, you would not believe what happened to me last week. I'm like, what are you talking about? God encountered him in three different, three different times in ways that were specific to him. He came in, he, his, reason, his reasoning for not believing in God anymore was that he felt like he was just following the faith of his, his fathers. A lot of people give me that. Yeah, well, you're just following the faith. There's power in that. That's called Inheritance. Don't ever let anyone give you that. God stresses that in his word, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob It's the God of our forefathers. So for someone to say, oh, well, I won't believe it. <laughs> Shut up. You know what I'm saying? And see what God, you know what happened? He went home, he messaged his dad. He said, dad, I'm struggling with my faith. All this is happening. I'm not sure if I believe in this God thing anymore. His dad sends him back an email. And in this email, he's detailing how his four, his dad and his dad's dad, his great-grandfather and his grandfather were in Nazi prison camps. And then on the same day as they were praying, God miraculously had them both released. They were on opposite sides of the city. They did not know where they were at. They had not planned on meeting together. They did not know that they both had been released. But the youngest son was released on the same day, but he didn't know it. He was released. He goes to this train station, the one train station in town. He sees this older gentleman with his head covered, laying on a bench, sleeping. He walks up to him to ask him what time the train was coming. And it was his dad. Wow. He told me that. I was like, that's so beautiful. <laughs> then all of a sudden, he, he also found a letter that a friend had written him. But he thought it was for his other friend. Because the friend gave him, him a gift that he was supposed to give to another friend as his friend was leaving. And so he gave that friend both letters. And then that same week, the friend comes back and says uh actually you gave me yours too and he's like what do you mean mine here they actually wrote you a letter too he begins to read the letter and it's this friend encouraging him saying you know what i'm just so blown away by your faith i'm so blown away by how you've been pursuing after god like and this friend that wrote this letter was not it wasn't like this person wasn't that wasn't as strong in their faith as he was But they were saying, you know what, but the way you've been going after God has been inspiring me. It's been changing me. It's been encouraging me. He sat there and he told us all this in the small group. And then he said, you know what? I looked at my faith being a product of my forefathers as being a negative. But God turned it around and showed me it was my strength. The first thing is all it took was pinpoint accuracy. It just took praying. Not praying all night, just praying. Standing in your authority. But the second thing was that if you're going to resist, not only does it take you learning how to have that coordinated attack against the enemy in faith, but it also takes you being resilient. It takes you living, learning to live by faith. I was reading this book called The, the Post-American World. It's really interesting because the guy was saying that he was talking about how he was talking about terrorism and he was talking about how the best response to terrorism ultimately isn't even a, a military attack, that the best response ultimately is just not to be terrorized, not to be terrorized, that when an attack comes, not to be phased by it. And then he talked about how in America, after the, the attacks on 9-11, he said, it took two months for the American economy to respond, to get back to the, the levels that it was before the attacks. I know I'm giving you a whole bunch of different stuff today. You guys are all smart. You can follow me. And then when the Madrid attacks happened, it took the economies there in Spain an entire month. It took them a month to get back. So it took two months in 2001. But when the Madrid bombings happened, it took a month. But then by the time the bombings happened in London, it only took 24 hours. And what he was saying was, you know what? All these terrorist attacks are taking place, but they're not. They're being less and less effective because the people are learning how to just be resilient, not to allow the attacks to phase them. Many times when the enemy comes at us with an attack. When he comes at us in in a certain way, we put we divert all of our attention to that one thing. When the truth of the matter is, is that you need to just keep looking forward. I was reading this one professor, this one historian was talking about how we live in the most peaceful time in human history. How many of you guys believe that? We live in one person. We live in the most peaceful time in human history. But for many of us, it's hard to believe. We think that if we walk down the street at night, something's going to happen to us. You know, when you became a Christian, you entered into the peace, most peaceful time in mankind. You entered into his government and peace. You entered into the God of peace being with you. David said, I saw the Lord always before me. He is at my right hand. That I may not be shaken. You know what? God isn't even at your right hand. He's inside of you. And therefore, when these attacks come and when things seem to be going in the wrong direction, sometimes the best response is not even to give it a moment's notice. You know, last uh, at joint prayer meeting, we started praying against, we were praying about Lady Gaga. Gaga. Some of you are like, Lady Gaga, I love her songs. Don't talk to us about it later. <laughs> we, were praying, we were praying against Lady Gaga. And in that moment, it was necessary for us to have a coordinated attack as one voice and one body to come against that. But then after that, what we were going to do is we were going to, all the leaders, we were, we were going to be called, we were called to fast and pray. Not against like Lady Gaga, the person. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the principalities and the heavenly places that are over is over her and her music over her ministry, and then all of a sudden Pastor Christian talked with Pastor Benjamin, and Pastor Benjamin said, "You know what? the word to you guys is to arise and shine, your light has come." He said, "You know what instead of even giving a moment's notice to that." He said, this church, you guys are the answer to the Korean youth. You guys are the answer to the attacks and to all the different demonic forces that come into this land and try and bring death and destruction. So if you'll just pursue after that with your whole heart, if you'll just pursue after the mission and after the call that God has put upon this house with your whole heart, you won't even have to worry about addressing it because you will already have stepped into being the answer. You know, many times when Satan comes at you and he comes at you with these different attacks. What God wants you to do in that moment is just rise up and believe that you are already stronger than it. Sometimes the best response is just to push it out of your way. I remember I used to wrestle with my little brother. He's like six years younger than me. And we like pro wrestling. And so we used to do all kinds of crazy stuff. And my brother used to fight dirty. Like he just used to do all kinds, he'd bring in like objects (laughs) out of nowhere, right? I'm thinking we're fighting straight up. I'm like, okay, all right, let's wrestle. All of a sudden he's like. "Mm." (laughs) But you know what I realized after a while? One time he hit me across the head with like, we had like our toy box and it was like hard, hard plastic. It's like six-year-old kid. I'm like 12. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm the rock and you're blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he grabs, he's like, okay. And he grabs the toy cover. And like, I'm looking over to pick something up. I'm like, uh, and he just, and I just fell to the ground. He jumps up on the couch. My brother was crazy. Like he learned how to swim by just jumping in the deepest end of the pool. Like he just ran in and like. And just jumped in. And then just got up and was still swimming. I was, I'm like in the, in the, the shallow end like, this is scary. He hits me across the head. I'm laying there. He jumps up on the top of the couch. And then he goes like this. And then he does a backflip. On me, right on the ground. It wasn't one of my most proud moments. (laughs) After that happened, I was like, no more. This will not stand on my watch. So the next time he came at me, I just went like this and grabbed him by his head. And he was just right there like, I'm like, and I was just like, let me get back to playing Super Nintendo. And then every time he would bring in a foreign object and hit me, I realized most of the time when he'd hit me like that, I was like, it would hurt, but it wouldn't really hurt. A lot of times I was acting like it hurt more than it did. And I was allowing him to continue to attack me. Many times when the enemy comes at us with his attacks. They're like a six-year-old hitting you across the head with a toy box. We just allow him to keep hitting us and keep hitting us. When you're already stronger than him. You're already, you are stronger than him. What you're called to do is just to get up, get out of my face, Satan. That Nonsense. One last thing. I want you to recognize something about the enemy's attacks before we close. Just like Osama didn't send a plane into Asheboro, you know, a city with like three stoplights. He sent one into New York and into Washington. Just like... Satan didn't attack, you know, a a fruit a fruit vendor on the side of a of the side of the street in Jerusalem. He went after the Son of God. Satan only attacks you in your place of strength, not in your place of weakness. He doesn't attack you. You think you're struggling in that area because that's your place of weakness. You think you're getting attacked there because that's your place of weakness but the truth of the matter is is that's your place of strength the truth of the matter is is that's actually the place that God has meant for you to set other people free I remember a couple years ago I got a prophecy from um, a couple leaders that came from Kansas City and one of them prayed for me and they and she said Marcus you are meant to lead men into areas of Radical holiness and radical purity and to go after God with all their heart. And I received that and I was like, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to write that one down. And then the whole next week, next month. Every single day I was getting hammered in those exact areas she was talking about. God, what's going on? I'm struggling in this area. That's because Satan only attacks. He only attacks the places of prosperity in your life. He only attacks, you know, the Twin Towers were symbols of America's prosperity and the Pentagon was a symbol of America's military strength. Satan oftentimes attacks us in the place where we are destined to be prosperous and in the place where our weapons are the strongest. But if you will just believe that, you know what? These attacks, they cannot touch me. These attacks, they cannot prosper. They will not prosper. Your word says, God, that no weapon forged against me shall prosper. That every tongue that rises against me in judgment, God, I refute. If you'll just believe that. And you'll say, you know what, Satan, if you're attacking me in this place, that must mean that God has anointed this place. If you're coming at me in this particular place, that must mean that God has something very powerful for me here. I realized that the reason I was getting attacked in my sleep so much is because God wanted to give me dreams. The reason why you're getting attacked in those areas is because that's where God wants to prosper you. But you got you to pray that prayer and then you got to stand on it and just stick to it and believe And be resilient, not afraid, so that you'll see yourself prospering there. And that you'll be able to stand in strength and set other people free. Let's pray.